Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last show, but I have just finished up my semester of school, and I have a little bit of time off before my next semester starts, so on with the show. Okay, that being said, today I'm very excited to have on the show. Her name is Paige Valdeseri. She is an internationally recognized traumatic stress and intuitive healing consultant and coach. She is an expert in traumatic stress, also a licensed professional counselor. Her work has led her to create a specialized healing called Energetic Body Dialogue Services, and we'll talk all about that during the interview, so I'm not going to get into it right now, but we will talk about that in a little bit. Um, she's a really interesting background, heavily involved in preventing global violence against women. She collaborated with Senator Jim Webb's office in the American Counseling Association to write needed provisions for the Wounded Warrior Act, developed and implemented employee support services for the Pentagon Force Protection Agency, as well as the first behavioral health component for the Pentagon's MassCal drills, and uh, I'm not sure what that is, but I'll find out. Um, additionally, Paige just launched her first book this March, which is a huge accomplishment, Messages from the Edge, Pageisms for Transformational Healing, and it is dedicated to anyone who has struggled or is struggling with life challenges and traumas. So Paige, thank you for taking the time out and coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure and my honor. <clears throat> Great. So like I said, you have a really interesting past and you've worked with, a, with, you know, quite a variety of people. So first, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about your work experience, both the domestic side and the international side? Yeah, um, I have a, I'm, I guess you would call it quite an anomaly. Um, started out in business, taught in the schools for 11 and a half years, then became a counselor, um, then um, got another degree in trauma, and that's really where my passion is, um, trauma, stress, since we all are on the spectrum of it. I've worked um, with first responders, military, law enforcement, local, state, federal, fire, medics, um, medical practitioners, um, local national linguists. Uh, I was in Iraq, right in the war zones, um, supporting our troops, first responders, and the local national linguists. Also worked um, governments, contracting. Uh, let's see, anybody on the spectrum who has dealt with any kind of life challenges, traumas. Also worked a lot with women um, in uh, the Middle East, dealt with honor killings. Mm. Worked in some of the tribes in um, Africa. Worked with the genocide in Rwanda. Um, so I've kind of had a smattering of just about everything and have seen just about everything. Um, and every time I say that, something new comes along and I go, wow, could it be any worse? So worked with natural disasters, terrorist attacks, homicides, suicides, um, people with medical chronic conditions. So really anybody who's struggling one way or another. And how did you sort of break into, because I know the, the military aspect, obviously you've worked with the Pentagon and things like that. That's not an easy bunch to, an easy bunch to work with. And, and also it's not an easy, I would think, system to navigate. So how did, what was your foray into that? And what is your, what was your, 
I guess, motivation behind working with the, with them? Um, you know, I don't believe that there are really any coincidences. One thing leads to another, leads to another. At that time, I was living in Washington, D.C. and working with first responders and ended up getting hired to work at the Pentagon um, two separate times, actually. One in the TRICARE Di Lorenzo Clinic, which is houses every branch of the military. Okay. So I got to work with every branch of the military, but it was civilian with military, which has its own um, unique uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. So learned a lot there, and I also taught a lot to, to them as well. Um, and then from there, uh, worked somewhere else, then got called back to the Pentagon and uh, created the first, uh, I guess you'd say, services for the Pentagon Force Protection Agency, which was the law enforcement that took care of the Pentagon okay. and Site R. Okay. So uh, when you were talking about MassCal, that is MassCal drills for any type of MassCal bio event tra tragedy. Um, of of enormous a proportion. Got it. So I created the behavioral health component that went with that. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, and so you know, it seems like you've worked obviously with a lot of different patients, a lot yeah. of different organizations. Um, what I guess, what are you doing now? And you know, so I think now you're in Arizona. So sort of moving from, from D.C. to Arizona. So what sort of organizations are you working with now? Um, well, I've only been out here for a year, and I actually work a couple different jobs. I, I work for a, um, an international occupational medical company, mm. and we create clinics and hospitals stateside and in war zones and all over the world. And I run the behavioral health program, but I run an integrative alternative program. Because um, I believe that you match Eastern with Western modalities to take care of the whole the whole um, individual. And I also have my own business where I do coaching treatments, um, geez, all different kinds of things. And I work with law enforcement, firefighters, all first responders, military. Um, and I do a lot of specialized work with females, okay. girls and women who've gone through sexual assault, sexual violence, sex trafficking, um, anything that would disempower a female. I work with them to empower them and to help uh, refocus and rechange the trauma that's has trauma or stress that has held them back. Got it. And, you know, a lot of the people that listen to this show, I have a lot of physical therapists, um, personal trainers, some medical, other medical professionals. So how does what you do integrate with what we do? Uh, so much because we all work with the body. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people um, don't realize is that the body is not just the outside. The body is just not the muscular skeletal system. It's the fluids. It's the, it's the autonomic nervous system. It's the energetic system. It's the spiritual system in the body. And I was just on the phone today with someone from D.C. who was work looking for alternative work who was a trainer. And I was saying, you know, trainers are great because they go in, they teach you how to work out, but how much do they know about the insides of the body in a sense of, um, you know, what is the stress that's lodging in the body that's not allowing someone to, to lift the weight or do the routine? Physical therapists, I work a lot with them. I love that population. 
Um, and we work together where they have taught me what they do, and then I integrate what I do. So when they work with their patient, their client, it's not just from a PT perspective of trying to rehab. Um, it's more than that. It's getting the person to be connected not only to whatever the injury or whatever that they're rehabbing, but going further in to find out, you know, what does that individual or patient think that has betrayed them from their body? Because you know so many people who go through PT think something has been betrayed, something in the body, right. from injury to the illness. And they know it's there, but how much do they really pay attention? They come to you to kind of, here, you work it out, you do this, and there's so much more right. than that. So I teach um, PTs uh, something that I developed in how to teach them how to get their patients to go even further in and become more empowered and more connected to not only to the injury, but the muscular skeletal, the fluids, what's the stress that's in there, um, all of that combined. And, and it's really empowering, and it's such a great way because how you work with the body, it gives another added bonus um, of helping your patients as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when we see patients, you know, I see a lot of patients who have more chronic pain, chronic conditions, yes. and a lot of times the patients will... I've had a patient come in and say, oh, I have this shoulder pain for so long, I just feel like the arm doesn't even belong to me. And that's a red flag. That's yeah. right there. Yeah. Those types of comments are, are added bonuses of what I teach. And now how PTs, what languaging you can say mm -hmm. to get their body more connected. Because you and I both know when things are chronic, there's something else lodged in there. The body needs permission to tell its story outside of just the injury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and also, what's also interesting is it sounds like you're sort of helping the patient to become more of an active participant within oh, their rehabilitation. Because, you know, there's um, a, a two PTs, Jason Silvernail and um, Diane Jacobs, and they wrote an interesting uh, commentary on being an interactor versus being an operator. Mm -hmm. So as the therapist, we want to get away from, well, I'm just going to come in and I'm going to move your shoulder and yes. I'm going to do this and you're just going to lay there. Yes. versus I'm going to interact with you and we're going to work as a team and you're going to start taking some responsibility for, for your rehab. You know, so it kind of sounds very familiar, right? It's, it's familiar, but what I teach goes so much deeper yeah. than that and it actually allows the patient in front of you to reconnect to parts of their body that they don't want to connect to. Mm -hmm. Because you know, physical injuries always hold stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. keep coming back to you for the same darn thing if they don't get in and find the language as to what's really going on in there along with the physical injury or the medical condition. Right, 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 totally. And okay, so that kind of leads into what exactly is energetic body dialogue. So what are the components of this program um, and well, we'll get into how we can, we'll translate it, but what, what are the components? What is it involved? It involves working with the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and, and energetic components of the body, which is everything. And, um, you've heard of the term, the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. 
Sure. I call it the elephant in the body. Again, that we are so much in our brains and we're so linear at times that what I have seen through the 15, 16 years of doing this work is people stay up here in, our, in their brains. But the minute they have to go down below the neck and anywhere further, mm -mm, they don't want to go there. You do what you need to do, Karen, fix me up or mm -hmm. what, whatever provider practitioner that they go to. And, and the same components keep happening, keep happening. The body keeps breaking down, keeps breaking down. So I incorporate, incorporate things like energy work into the EBD, Reiki, biodynamic craniosacral trauma work, um, energy work, um, a little bit of EFT, not much, um, and a little bit of shamanism sprinkled in there. But it's really all about how do you get somebody to pay attention to this thing below their neck that they're so afraid of looking at. And you know with the patients that you see, if you see patients who've had traumas or they've been in car accidents or IEDs or whatever it is, they're so disconnected. So it's bringing them not only back to their brain, but bringing them in their body um, to be able to connect to a place that's not whole and have them actually have a dialogue to the point of, I can get patients to go into various organs. Their body will tell them what it's holding, what's the story, what type of food to eat, what they need to do to take care of themselves. And the great thing is, is I'm just aiding and coaching and guiding. They're doing it once they realize that this thing below their neck is not going to be betray them and this thing below their neck is actually going to give them information and tell the story that's been shoved down their whole lifetime. Because as you know, right from the embryo, things are going on embryologically, even before they come into this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So imagine by the time someone's in their 30s, 40s, 50s, everything that the body holds and the story that it has not been able to be told. So with PTs, I teach them how to use this EBD while they're doing their work. And what's wonderful is your patients might not even realize what's going on because you guys get to do it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. um, so it's another you know, form, form of um, you know, having them get connected. I also use a lot of the chakras in the body as well too and a lot of educating um, to the PTs so they can educate their patients as well. Any practitioner can use EBD and that's why I like it. It integrates into anything that anybody uses and it actually just got approved for the National Board for Certified Counselors for CEUs and you and I both know mm -hmm. that's a, that's is nice. alternative. It's a big thing when yeah. they say, yeah, okay, we're, you know, we're going to accept that. So I'm working towards getting it for PTs and chiropractors and body workers and mm -hmm. things too. And what happens now if, let's say you, you're working with a client who has had some sort of tra trauma or stress, whether it be an emergency worker or a, a veteran or something like that. And, and what if they just want no part of this? Like they are not like connecting because, you know, sometimes you know, we'll speak to patients and they are not having it, you know, so did you ever, what do you do with that? I don't want to use the frame difficult, but, you know, patient who is like, oh, whatever, okay, yeah, and then they just sort of walk out, you know, how do you kind of, what, I guess, what skills do you do, even from a, from a counseling standpoint, what, what do you do to meet that patient? where they're at. How do you do that? 
that's important that you said that because you need to take them where they are. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it always starts with a discussion. What is it that you need? What is it that you'd like to happen for you? Um, how much, if you had to guess, and I use the term guess because when you say guess, um, it's easier for them to answer. If you had to guess, you know, on a scale from zero to 100%, what's the percentage that you really want to commit to what's going on here? And if they hesitate, you already know what that means. Mm -hmm. And if they go, well, uh, maybe 80, and I'll say, well, well, you know, it's not what I want. It's okay, whatever it is, be authentic. They'll tell you something. Another thing, too, is when we have challenging patients, because I do a lot of, a lot of energy work, just being able to calm somebody down while you're talking to them by putting a hand near them and having the energy go to them already calms down their autonomic nervous system so it puts them in a more um, for lack of a better term calmer submissive way so they'd be able to hear you more mm -hmm. versus being on the defensive I'm also a Kundalini yoga teacher so I use a lot of various types of breaths to, to also help them too and I teach that for all kinds of practitioners mm -hmm. to start off with something like that first before you even have a conversation about what they came in to deal with that they don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different components. And let me tell you, I've worked with some really difficult, you know, when you work with first responders, you can't take their walls all the way down because they have to go out and deal with the terrible things all the time. Mm -hmm. So I've worked with special forces of all kinds. So, you know, these guys are no joke people and I don't want to go there. And they go there mm -hmm. because it's gentle it's calming and when you get somebody to, to be more calm and they can hear you better you're more apt to be able to work with them and they will work with you mm -hmm. more yeah. as well yeah that makes sense and you know who so we've sort of got the components down of EBD and again that's energetic body dialogue right. but who or what inspired you to create this I know you said you've been doing this work for a long time yeah. So how did this evolve and who, what was the inspiration behind it? Um, I think we all get into our passions because we've gone through whatever it might be that led us into something. And I've been on the other side. I've had complex PTSD, um, you know, as a small child. So I've walked the walk of a lot of different challenges and traumas. So I know what it's like to have physical ailments, emotional ailments, mental ailments. And I'm somebody who I actually practice what I teach. So, um, you know, I started my journey years and years and years ago. So through the years of, gosh, getting certification after certification, trying different things, I kept seeing the same thing go on. It didn't matter who I worked with. And it was, they're too linear. They're, they're in their head. How do you get somebody to be attached in their body? And, you know, you and I always hear mind-body practices, but this goes so much deeper in. So how do I use all the techniques that I have and nature, because nature is a huge component for healing. How do I use all of that to get someone to even be more empowered and not afraid to actually get into their body to not only help themselves, but whenever I work with parents, whatever I teach them, they can do the same thing and teach their kids. Imagine if we were taught these things and we knew about these things at a very small age, mm -hmm. so much more ahead of the curve. So across the board, I've just seen the same thing as you have to really, I had to create something that would help somebody get into their fluids, get into their organs, really get connected to where in their body are they holding, whatever it might be. And 100% of the time, so far, 
when I've been doing this work and using the EBD, when a patient goes through this and they actually get connected to their body, 100% of the time, the body's message is never in a condescending, shameful, guiltful way. It's just not because we're, you know, we're a soul, we're a spirit. So when things come out, it comes out in a gentle way, and it's great to watch patients go, wow, that wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. You know, and, and I go back to, yeah, it's really not that big elephant in the body that you think it is. Because mm. people will, from trauma and stress and from life, avoidant types of personalities start to be created. Sure, sure. And what has your patients, I guess, what has their experience been? you know, the feedback that you're getting from them? They're, 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 they're shocked, for one thing, and they think it's going to be one thing when it's completely something else. And some of the, 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 the terminology that I hear from them is, wow, this is really soothing, this is calming. I didn't know that I had that in there. I thought it was something else because, you know, the brain tells us one thing of a story, but it tricks us. The body holds the real story. So when they get into the real story, what they thought it was oftentimes is something different and it surprises them and they feel like it's more manageable mm -hmm. um, and, and, and they get actual tools that they can use every single day um, to help them become more centered, to help them become more grounded, to help them be more empowered. And do you use meditation as part of this process as well? Uh yeah, I kind of gathered up many years of all the different things that I do and kind of stirred it up in a pot and went, yeah, this is what it is, EBD, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, because all those modalities work really well, but I was still missing the one component about the body. Mm -hmm. So an integration of everything really makes a difference. So it's like a one-stop shop. Got you know, it, um, got it, yeah. And I know that you had said that you also do kundalini yoga, and this is just as a side note. <laughs> Yeah, um, but what is the difference between Kundalini yoga and regular yoga? Because I feel like I've been seeing Kundalini yoga all over the place lately, and you know, I'm just wondering what the difference is and and why that type of yoga versus another type. Well, I can tell you just from my experience. Your, when I, yeah, in your. I came your back from Iraq. Um, you know, I had done lots of different yogas, and um, I needed something more calming. I needed to get connected more to the inside of me. And Kundalini Yoga is not so much about the physicalities as some of the other yogas are. Okay. It's more about the internal um, calmings of the bodies, the spirituality of the body. It's getting connected on a higher level outside of yourself. Kundalini also, like if you came into me, Karen, and said, look, I'm having some problems, you know, with my adrenals. I've got adrenal fatigue. Oh, I can I can sit somebody in a posture, do a breath work that supports their adrenals. Somebody comes in and says, "Look, I've just been diagnosed with hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism." Oh, here's another component of Kundalini that I can give you that can support that. Mm -hmm. um, so it supports things on a medical level, on a spiritual level, at um, as a combination, and it's not so much about the rigorous physical. Got it. Anybody can go get the the physical component. This is a great added benefit, spiritually and calming-wise. Got it. Okay. Just curious, because uh, I know you had mentioned it's it. That's time, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, okay, so, I, so I'm a PT, like I said. 
Um, so how can EBD integrate with what I do and what other practitioners do? Is this something that as a PT I can learn and, and so, do with my patient or is it like a separate appointment during the week for a patient? No, this is, and that's what's so great about it is I wanted to create something that every practitioner who does different things can integrate in so you could get your patients more connected to their body. So it, needs, it needed to be something that everybody can use across the board in their own way. So no, it's every session you have with your patients, you integrate it in. And yes, you can learn it, you'll be trained on it, um, and there's so many varying um, uh, le levels of it too. So it's, it, it, it's that easy and simple for you to use and for all PTs. Got it. So I guess what I would like to know is how do you, so let's say I'm coming, I'm coming to you, I've had a trauma, I sit down, we sit down, you've never met me before, how does that session go? Like how does this, what will you do? And I'm obviously, it, I would assume it depends on the type of trauma perhaps that the person has gone through. And, but when someone comes in to have a session with you, mm -hmm. can you kind of take me through what it is that you do with them? So yeah. I sit down and, and go. Well, first of all, um, most people, I know what's going on ahead of time okay. because we always chat Okay. Uh, chat ahead of time. Okay. So when they come in, um, they kind of know already what are the various things that I do and how I do it. Okay. And how I always say, look, I'm going to take you where you are. But the biggest thing is, what are you looking for? What do you want from this? And how much do you want to be involved in this? Because if you're working with me, you're going to be involved in it all the way. Got it. But you have total control of it. Um, and you're, you're going to be empowered by it. So the very first thing that I do for anyone is, you, from my perspective, I don't ever get somebody into their stuff and into their stress and into their trauma until they are grounded in every single way. So that's the first thing that you have to do. And you have to teach some breath work and you have to kind of see where someone's breathing from. And you have to kind of be intuitive in the fact of where in their body things are break, you know, breaking down mm -hmm. that way. So the first session is really calming the body down, getting them grounded, centered, rooted, giving them skills to do that for themselves when they leave at, on after the first session, and reminding the patient what it feels like, one, to be grounded, two, to be centered, because when we're grounded and centered, we have more clarity, we're less anxious. They need to be reminded what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And also they need to be reminded of, wow, not that they will actually feel their fluids, but they'll feel a movement in their body. But they will feel, wow, something feels calmer. Because you know in this world, we go and go and go and go, and everyone forgets what it's like to be calm and that you actually can be calm. So you get them in that place and space where we use nature, their fluids, the grounding techniques, um, the centering techniques, which are very different. And I throw nature in there too. So when they leave the first time, they're always like, wow, I feel more open. I feel calm. That was soothing. I notice a difference. And sometimes they're like, I don't know exactly what happened, mm -hmm. but I feel different and this feels better. And then I'll get texts and, and emails, you know, up into the next session of, you know, I was more calm with my kids. Mm -hmm. Things didn't irritate me as much. Or I'm starting to notice a little bit more things in my body. Or now I know what it's like when I'm not grounded. 
And that's great because they're starting to get connected without someone pushing it in their face. You need to get connected and this is the way you need to do it. Mm -hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And what's the difference between being connected and being grounded? Okay, grounded is most of the time, most of the time, people are more in their head. So we have our body here where we walk on the earth and the earth is very healing. Grounded means you are on the earth, it kind of pulls you towards it, so you're secure, you're stable. Because most people don't have a lot of stability, whether they don't feel like they're financially stable or emotionally stable, whatever it might be. So grounding gets you more centered and stable within this earth, okay? Connected is they're out of their head and the constant going, 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 and starting to go into maybe their breath or going into what's the, what's the rhythm of their heart, or, wow, what's that thing that I have on my lower back? Oh, and when you start to give a little bit more attention and, and awareness to it, mm -hmm. that thing won't hurt as much. Mm -hmm. So it's teaching them how to get connected to whatever it is in their body. Got so it. that's a little bit of the difference in a very simplistic Yeah, um, Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's a lot of, I think, you know, I've been, took a, a workshop a couple of weeks ago with Sharon Salzberg, um, who's a, big meditation teacher I to your um your show with her. oh yeah she's 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 pretty incredible yeah. um but that's you know what how you describe sort of that centering is kind of how she describes so the benefits of meditation mm -hmm. you know is to become more aware of yourself become more aware of how you feel and to not let the circumstances around you sort of define who you are, but rather you're a little more grounded and you can kind of concentrate on your breath. And, and I like that you kind of pointed out, oh, there is, I do feel something mm -hmm. in my back or I do feel a, a pain in my knee, but, but yet I'm not going to, it's, I'm not going to perhaps judge it as harshly or, or, you know, focus on it so much, you'll focus and you'll move on to the next part, you know. And I think that's an interesting way that meditation um, can kind of help those people with chronic conditions, you know. And it sounds like you're, that's exactly what you're doing. Well, I'm doing more than that. Yeah. Meditation gets you to be aware. Yeah. And calms things down. I go many, many steps uh -huh. further to really get actually into the body and doing more things and talking about light and dark energy, shadow and lights, you know, working on the chakras, getting people to understand, mm -hmm. um, you know, what these things are and, and what it has to really do with them and why it's important. Um, so it's, it takes it so many levels deeper. And it sounds like this is very emotional work. So do you have people when you're working with them become very emotional in, in any way, whether that be, you know, crying or outbursts or, you know, I can just... It's, it's really individualized because mm -hmm. um, the big thing with the energetic body dialogue is nobody has to relive the trauma or the stress mm -hmm. okay. to move forward. So it's not like years ago when I first got, in, you know, into the counseling fields gosh, over a decade or so ago, it was, you know, more of, oh, well, you know, let's get in there, you know, get the emotional stuff. And uh -huh. you don't have to go through all that. Okay. Do people respond to different things? Yes, because remember, when we stuff things in our body and we finally give it permission mm -hmm. to tell a story, 
things come out, whether they're through laughing or crying or just the body shaking, whatever it might be. Um, however that individual's body releases mm -hmm. stuff is, is really um, individual to that person. Got it. It's not this whole kind of, oh, I'm going to have Right, and it's not what? like you're... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no. And, and it's not, and I think an important distinction, like you said, it's not like you're forcing people to relive yes. the thing that caused them this traumatic event or... Like you see, you, I mean, you've been in, a, in Iraq, so it's not like you're forcing people to relive an IED explosion. Right. Is that right? Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, or something like that, or a terrible firefight. You know, you're, yeah. you're not sort of forcing them to go back into that, but to release it almost. Yes. Is that and, you know, wrong? Does yeah. That... And you, you brought up something that if I could just share briefly. Yeah, that... yeah, please. Uh, I, I, I had a, uh, a veteran work with me, and um, he'd been through, you know, unbearable things, which m you know many of them have mm -hmm. that no soul should witness, see, or, or you know, be a part of. And what was interesting is they're always very nervous and scared because, oh my gosh, what happens if I do feel again? Since I had to shut myself off mm -hmm. to do X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. So for the first time, through the EBD work. He had said to me, oh, my gosh, I think my heart is opening up again. And that was huge. And he said, oh, my gosh, I think I can possibly love again because everything was just shut down. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, if you realize how impactful and how, you know, huge that is. Because when you, when you see things terrible over and over and over and over again, the cynicism comes up and how bad the world is and things. But... He was open for the first time, and he didn't remember how long. And this was somebody who had, when he came back, got um, had a raging, a raging addiction, tried to kill himself three times in one year. Um, so, in you know, doing the work, he had to commit to wanting to, you know, stand in it, mm -hmm. and um, you know, be empowered. So it really made a difference in his life. Sure. Sure. And it was simple. It wasn't this massive thing, and he didn't have to relive all the you know things. There's themes within the traumas that come up, but you don't have to actually relive what happened. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, okay, so I know also you have this a book out, Messages from the Edge. Yes. Uh, Pageisms for Transformational Healing. Is this book about EBD? No. Okay. No, actually, this this book is has many many pictures with affirmations and um, mantras. And years and years ago, um, I was known as the sticky queen. You know the post-it notes? I love post-it oh, yeah. notes, yeah. all different sure. colors. Sure. And when people would come to see me, I would just write a little um, mantra affirmation down, and I'd say, "Okay, now stick it next to your bed, um, in your bathroom, mm -hmm. in the." laptop, whatever it is. So through the years, one by one, my patients would start to say, are you going to give me another pageism? And they would say this without knowing um, each other. And so, so it began pageism. So the book is a book that you pick up and put, pick, put down through your whole life as to whatever it is that you need, whatever you're struggling with. Mm -hmm. It's something to pick up. It's beautiful pictures with the affirmations and mantras and it's for anyone 
who has stress in their life, all the way to severe trauma. Right, right. So pretty much anyone. Yeah. <laughs> all of us. All yeah, of us. pretty much everyone, because I don't know anyone who doesn't have stress. Right. But what's good about this book is it's a simple pickup. It's not a read book. It's not I have to read all these chapters. Mm-hmm. It's you pick it up, look at the picture, ha- ha- take, that, take the affirmation that works for you for that day, that month, that year, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. work with it. Cool. Very cool. Um, okay. So what, what is next? I know uh, you have an integrated healing and training center. Is that yeah, right? or coming I, up perhaps soon? Yeah, I have a business partner and we are um, working on creating um, one of the first of its kind, Integrating Healing and Training Center with double focuses, a focus on first responder communities to include military mm-hmm. and for women, you know, female empowerment from the spaces that I was talking to you about before. And we actually have, we're starting um, crowdfunding to help us get the doors open. We've already started doing the work. So um, so anybody who's interested can go to gofundme.com backslash safe haven for the number four heroes. But it's an integrated healing and training center where there's no medications, where there's no stigma, where there's no diagnosis. So again, it's a place where um, these people can come and everything that they learn can be integrated into anything else that they're doing and into any other practitioner that they're using outside of us mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's another added type of um, uh, bonus for their healing. And when you deal with these kinds of populations, they don't trust a lot. Mm-hmm. And they need to know that you understand that population, which we do very well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not, uh, I, I've never worked with that sort of tra- traumatic population to that extent. I mean, I've worked with people with chronic pain, which can be it's still traumatic. traumatic which that is, is traumatic, traumatic, you know. It becomes their identity. You know this with chronic. Yeah, totally. And, and with the EBD, those type of patients that you guys see that's chronic, that that becomes their identity, it helps them get out of this is not your identity. Because mm-hmm. I deal a lot with those type of patients as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And, it, you know, you think, and a lot of people, what's, what's so interesting is, you know, we've certainly heard of people who, if they are patients, if they don't have the pain, then what are they? That's right. It's their identity. You know, so That's some people can, them, to yeah, show can them that hold on to that. Else. Yeah. And that's what you guys can use because I know it gets challenging when you're working with someone that over and over and over again, that's what they want to keep talking about. Yep. 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 Exactly. And or that gets exhausting for the providers. It the can. Providers. It can. Yeah. That can sometimes get a little exhausting. And, you know, it's like sometimes you wonder is the patient holding on to this condition because if they don't have it, then. Who are they? And that's the elephant in the body. And once yeah. you show them that it doesn't have to be the elephant, that you can create space for other things, slowly they start to see it and they start mm-hmm. to step into it a little bit more. Because if you rip the Band-Aid off of a patient like that, not going to work. Yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. Not good. good. Yeah, I <laughs> once had a patient who I saw him for low back pain. Uh-huh. And I guess he had had an incident, like a... It wasn't like an insidious onset of low back pain. It was he bent forward to pick something up and boom, extreme, extreme pain. 
and as a result, he has he did not he had not bent forward in two years. Two years. And, and so he went not, not being forward. He probably didn't move forward in his life either. And there's a lot of fear with that. And that's yeah. the root chakra. And that's a chakra of not being stable, not being grounded, and not trusting. Yeah. And it's it was really, t like, I actually had to call the doctor and kind of refer him to a different kind of therapist. Because yeah. I think he needed that yeah. much more than he, than he needed me. Now, you know, that was a couple of years ago. Um, and I'd since been really delving into pain science and the neuroscience behind pain. And now I feel like that as a person I could probably, that I would have a better success treating. That being said, I think he still needed a referral to another kind of therapist. Um, but I think that that's certainly someone that I feel a little more comfortable sort of working with now that I know the neuroscience behind pain and how, you know, it's just so, uh, so much more than, it's obviously so much more than a biomechanical problem. Yes. You know, it's, it's more than just a biomechanical problem. And you're much more evolved with that too. Yeah, um, totally. And, that, and that's the thing. And if, if you're, if you ever get, you know, um, it, any form of the EBD training, it gives you so many more tools for those kind of patients as well, where they get more empowerment for, yeah. you, know, for you. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough population. Yeah, um, it, it really is. So the the center that you are uh, going back to off, off yes. that tangent, so um, go, <laughs> going oh, back yeah. to the healing and training center. Yeah. Um, will this be in Arizona where you are now? Well, what we're trying to do is have like the corporate place here in Tucson, but because I have so many roots on the East Coast, because I grew up on the East Coast, uh -huh. and, um, we're in talks right now to potentially also have something on the East Coast as oh, well. Cool. Um, yeah, so, and it's an integrated healing and training center, so um, I, I, I really, again, it's, it's the Western meets Eastern, you know, coming together. And will there be physical therapy involved? Yes, down the road. That's one of my things that I want to do because yeah. this population too, you know, all the accidents that they go through. Yeah. Um, yes, down the road. Not when we first open. Takes time. Of course. Yeah. It's in my vision. Cool. So, uh, so one more time, can you tell people how to find out more about this center, how to contribute if they're interested? Yeah. Well, they can definitely go to my website, uh -huh. uh, page .com. And if you want, if they want to donate, which would be so helpful is gofundme.com backslash safe haven for the number four heroes great great and obviously if people want to know more about you they can go to your website which you just yeah. mentioned they can contact me email call great or they like i'm very accessible and very open great and um what what about your twitter because she's also very active on twitter which yes, is so how we met Yes. <laughs> um, thank God for the Twitter. So what's your Twitter handle? At Paige Valdeseri. Great. Yeah. And so let's, you know, we have a couple, about a, a minute and 45 seconds. Yeah, I'm flexible. we got a couple of minutes here. So yeah. what are the big takeaways that you want people to come away with from the conversation today? Um, well, seeing that we're talking to PTs, mm -hmm. you know, medical people, trainers, um, I just want them to know that the work that they do is pivotal and what I've learned through my work is pivotal and if I could have an opportunity 
to bring to all of what you guys do to make your work even more dynamic mm -hmm. and to give you more tools and to really get your patients to be um, more participatory and empowered and actually teaching them how to you know pay attention to their body to their spirit to their soul to what's going on in the pain um, that would be great because it's really all about if we can reach out to all of us in all different fields and you know work with each other to help those who we're seeing then if we can pay it forward you know like a domino effect mm -hmm. then imagine the changes and the shifts that we can do in the world so yeah, I agree I yeah. agree very well said and <laughs> sure no very well said um, so again if anyone wants more information on Paige, you can go to her website, pagevaldeseri.com. Um, and I will be, you can always, of course, follow me on Twitter, at Karen Litzy NYC, and I will be tweeting and retweeting and all that stuff. So, um, and Paige, just, well, I mean, I, I suppose people will see the way your name is spelled. So, you want me you to spell it? Just spell it out. Yeah, spell it out just in case. Go ahead. It's a long name. Spell it out. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's P-A-I-G-E, uh -huh. B as in victory, A-L, D as in dog, I, S as in Sam, E-R-R-I. Can you tell that I have to spell it all the all time? All the time, <laughs> all the time. I know. Every time yeah. I do it, I'm like, K. I'm always like L-I-T as in tiger, Z as in zebra, Y. Yes. You know, you it can. just comes, becomes part of your name almost. Yes. Okay. I was like, well, people will probably see it if they're tuning in, but spell it anyway, just yeah. to be on the safe side. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, you. for taking the time out and coming Absolutely. on. And, and, you know, I hope to learn more about uh, EBD. I think the work that you're doing with veterans and first responders is, is uh, great work. So congratulations on all of that. It really oh, is. It's a special population, and, and they really deserve everything that we can give to them. So. Yeah, they do. They, so, they do. Thanks, Karen. Okay, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you in our next uh, episode. And in the meantime, stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.